Peace. Welcome to another episode of Sex on Shuffle. I am your host, Cindy Lee, your succulent sexologist, here with the teachable moments so that you can live your best life and stay ready. This is part two, part two of my conversation with Dr. Erica Evans Weaver. Please check out the pod notes if you're looking out for her and her magic. And as I've mentioned before, if you enjoy this episode, take a screenshot. Let me know what you think. Tag me at Cindy Lee Alves on Instagram. And now on to part two. All right. But to our wider, what shifted from not porn? When, when did the not porn happen? Was it so, I really still wanted to focus on porn. I was like, oh, that still would be fun. But then I went through any number of iterations because, well, by the time I got to Widener, that's the thing about Widener is you get there and then you're like, well, fuck, there are already people doing that. I don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. So there were enough people that either were porn stars mm-hmm. or, you know, were um, directors or you know, like writers or, you know, whatever. That I was like, well, then that, I don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I, so I went from that to really wanting to focus on family therapy for um, trans and non-binary folks because mm-hmm. um, I really wanted to help their families, their parents primarily, learn to embrace them because at that point in practice, I had gotten my license and um, whenever there were trans and non-binary people, those clients would get transferred to me. Mm. So I was really interested in working with um, their parents who often were like, fix them, fix them, fix them Mm -hmm. for queer youth too. I was like, this is not, I can't, I can't do that. So I transferred to wanting to do that. And then that stopped because I met enough um, trans and non-binary therapists who that was their focus. And I felt like, yeah, like you, this is, I don't want it to be, take away from your space. So I can provide support, but that's not where I should center myself. Yeah. Um, so I stopped centering that as my focus and just wanted to provide support. Um, and then, I mean, it, it took me a minute to curate who it is that I work with now and who I work with now. I'm like, yes, clear this is who I am here for. And so um, when I thought about who I wanted to be as a clinician, I wanted to work with women of color primarily mm-hmm. um, who hold at least one other marginalized identity. Mm. So here, um, or trans or non-monogamous or kinky mm-hmm. or like, right? Like that was large part of my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but people who come to me have at least one marginalized identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's 
that makes me happy. When I thought about outside of therapy, what I wanted to do, um, I mean, you got Frasier. <laughs> Frasier was a childhood dream for sure. Mm-hmm. Being able to sit on the radio and, you know, play, what is it? Um, Dear Abby with people. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I also remember kind of wanting to do intimacy director work before mm. the name for intimacy director right. work. When they needed it. <laughs> I mean, they need it now. They but. need it now. But I was like, somebody should be on these sets mm-hmm. to help people navigate this stuff. There's got to be a way. I remember wanting to do that. I think at the end of the day, I want to do a little bit of it all. Mm-hmm. At the Like when I am retired, I want no rock to be left unturned Mm. because I would like to have done at least a little bit of it because variety is the spice of life. Mm -hmm. I bet. Right. Just a little. I mean, it's good because you don't want to have any you want. You're curious. You have a curiosity. You want to explore and no shade, maybe the competitiveness have, has got you to be very clear that you're pretty good at everything you try. So like, oh, let's try this. Oh, no, that's new. Let's do this. Maybe. I mean, I never thought about it like that. I won't even lie. I'm like, okay. I'm like, because it this out there's a both end, right? Like some of that is, yes, I'm exhausted and I can't. I have to relearn to take care of myself and my inner child. Right. And the benefit is I did get this expertise or this this yearning for knowledge and yearning for helping in this very with this fervor, right? Like right. it's not just a check. It's not, and it's cool if it's just a check for you. Like, but for you, it's it's a, there's a connection to your clarity and to your purpose. It's right? to the world, right? Mm. Like how I want to move in the world and mm-hmm. where I want. Like I, I used to, folks would say, why do you teach? I'm like, cause I love teaching because if I can't have my hand in all the places, I can at least know that I've educated people who have their hand in all over the places, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's the five degrees of separation, but I'm okay with that because right. somewhere in it, I've made an impact on making things better. Right. That's all I want to do is make things better right and we have lots of spaces that need a little bit more a little bit just a little bit i can't do it all and i know i'm not going to do it all beautifully but if i can just make things just a just a smidge better then i can go okay right take it over run with it and do even better right action contribution like how what can i do all right cool even if if it's not taking a lead in it, right? Like, how can I be a part of this? Cool. All right. Now I'm going to move to this way. So what So what professionally and personally brings you joy right now? Or have you been able to fuse them in ways that, you know, you can get your joy and pleasure in your business or in your professional space? I love seeing my clients. Mm. I'm still adjunct teaching. Okay. Um. It was the full time that was going to be the death of me, but being able to do it part time, I can do. 
And I really, if I could just sit and write this fucking book and get it done. <laughs> like I, Because I do enjoy writing it. I, it is fun. It's fun to think back. It's fun to weave in reality with fiction. Like it's fun. Um, and it's one of those things that I think can help. I mean, my vision for it is clear as day. Like mm. it could not be clearer. I want it to be a, a book club kind of book, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm, it's not that I'm trying to make a bunch of movies. I mean, great. If you want, somebody wants to say, oh, this would be a fun Netflix and chill kind of film. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But I really want it to be uh, a book club kind of book. I want it to be a book that um, book club participants almost put like a brown coat cover over because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this is so steamy. Yeah. But I kind of want to do it. And I want people to be able and go like, I'd like to try this. Nope. Don't want to do that. Oh, this sounds kind of interesting. How do I have that conversation? Right? Like I want, I want it to be a better, more informed version of 50 Shades. Mm. If it was accurate. So having it be as accurate and saucy that we can have educational moments in there and make it sexy and steamy or whatever right. feelings you're trying to have. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So if I had time to do that, that would be great. And then honestly, <laughs> so much of my time, I'm like, so we have 20 more years, maybe 45. No, not even 20, more like 10 to 15 more years where I actively want to be working. And then I want to take all of the damn seashells that I have gathered through the years and, you know, make something with it. I want to make glass and blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Do some retreats here or there. Yep. Have some wellness workshops at your bed and breakfast. For therapy. Right. Not even for the population. Okay. I want to work the retreats. I would like my retreats to focus on either self-care and wellness for mm-hmm. the practitioner. Mm-hmm. Or, um, well, no, that is it. Self-care and yeah. wellness for the practitioner. Because in that is also ethics and in that is also processing your clients, right? Like all of those things. But I really would like to focus on the practitioner. I'm not, I used to want to do like mother daughter retreats. No, 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 no. Somebody else can take that baton and go with it. I want to help the practitioner to be a better practitioner. Mm, I feel like that's such an important distinction to have because especially in my experience of sexuality professionals or helping healing professionals, they're like, I want everybody or I can see everyone. When people ask what's your like, you know, ideal, your niche, they're like, oh, everybody. And I'm sure you can and you have, right? Like I'm sure in your your repertoire. You've worked right. with all types of folks, but to be clear and know, like, this is who I want to help. This feels good for me. This is still connected to community. These are people that are going in and helping people in their way that back to that five, those degrees of separation. Right. Right. 
And that's like, uh, that's a whole ethical issue, in my opinion, Mm. because when we say we can work with everybody, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a lie. I know that I cannot work with everybody. And when I say I do consultations with people purely so I can hear what is bringing you to therapy. And if it does not fit within my wheelhouse of what I feel like I am good at doing, I'm going to say, I don't, I don't know if I'm your best option. Mm. Let me brainstorm some other people who I think could better serve you than I could. And to me, that's, it's not a blow on me right. and it's not blowing the, the gravity of their problem. It's just a reality that that's not where I have focused and honed my professional energies. So why would I lie to you and say that I could do it? Just to have a client. Right. Right. Like I'm, I'm not the, I tell my clients and I remind myself, I am not made for everybody. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. And that's okay. I don't have to be for everybody. That's so important because some folks will stay with their clients because they're like, I need a page. I need a client or I don't want to leave them, but you're doing a disservice if you're not giving someone that's going to be in alignment and have their needs met. Absolutely. You are a gift. Now, this might be a two-parter. Do you still want to talk about Candyman? Because I do. Oh, but we got to see. It's been like like 45 minutes. I know. I'm like, let's let's at least spend a few minutes talking about Candyman because it was so damn good. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to talk about Candyman because we've talked about we, uh, you've given me a good nugget of your life. Like some folks are going to be like, oh, I never knew, you know, because I know some of you still live. So this is good. This is good. But whoever knows you knows that you love horror. They should. From the beginning. Like, I don't even know how soon, but I know from once I met you, that was like, oh, you have a whole room dedicated you to your memorabilia. In, you can't walk in my office and not see my horror posters, right? Like that's just silly. So we were talking about Candyman. Yes. And now I finally saw it this week. You saw it when it first came out because you don't play. I don't play. Uh, I've been with for a year. Did you brush up? Because I brushed up and saw three, the three before. Okay. I didn't need to see three again and I forgot about that. You did not need to see three again. My gosh. The 90s were a very interesting time for Phil. It was. <laughs> so what What was this Candyman giving you? Did you enjoy it as a horror person? Did you feel yeah, like it stayed true? I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it so much. So I only went back. I own all three. Mm. But I only went back and watched part one because mm-hmm. I knew it was supposed to be a companion to that. Yeah. And I went into it very nervous. Because again, you know, it's been over a year and I was like, God, I've been waiting. I've been excited. Y'all are going to really piss me off and I'm going to be so sad. (laughs) But I could not have been happier with it. I could not be happier with how much more pronounced the Mm -hmm. racial element was. Like it was absolutely present in part one. Like there were the underlyings of it and certainly if you had an ounce of awareness right it it pops out to you um but there were you know 
bits of dialogue in there, but this was in your face. Like, do you understand what this character is about? Like Mm -hmm. at the core, Mm -hmm. do you understand that this is a film about, um, not revenge, but a retaliation and redemption. Like, do you mm. understand? Um, yeah, I loved it so much. I couldn't even stand it. I, I'm interested to see if folks like the differences because it's it, generationally, right? Like, there's some things that I feel like if you did not watch the first one or rewatch it before, you might have missed out. If you just came as this is Candyman, new generation, I'm just going to start here because you could have um, you could you could as its own film for sure but but it had distinct pieces like as soon as i saw because i'm i don't care this is gonna be a spoiler i'll put a disclosure in front of this like yeah we can talk about the things as soon as i saw that the the his name was anthony right like the right. i was like oh is that the baby my g like because right. i didn't want to read anything i heard no but i didn't want to no. read anything I was like, it's so big. Because I didn't either. I didn't read. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, we're picking it up from the baby? Oh, y'all are playing with my emotions right now. Y'all are playing. You better follow through. You better follow through. Right. Yeah. And I was excited. But then I was, you know, same thing with you. Like, very like, what are they going to do with this? I know who's involved and I have a little bit of more hope. But... How are you going to do this? Cabrini Green. It, the animated components were like, so did you wait even um, during yes. the credits? Yeah. Like you just, it was, oh. I appreciated the way that they animated it. I forgot what that's called, the way they did it. Because it talks, they even used it for the more traumatic pieces. Like we don't yes. need any more trauma. I, no. And that, I was like, that is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Because I'm really, I am personally very frustrated um, with the amount of trauma, traumatic black horror yeah. right, that is out here. And I know that it resonates for some people. Right. I get it. It's just, I, I don't watch horror for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need who I am um, to be victimized, you know, any more in really painful ways. Mm-hmm. So um, I really appreciated the recognition like you have to put this into the story but we don't have to re-traumatize you and give you such strong explicit images that are like that are so painful already Mm -hmm. we know the stories we can do it in this way that is still super tasteful but lets you know what this is about like it was just it was beautifully crafted Mm-hmm. And still, and hella powerful. Like the way that you saw the the generations of Candymen get up. Yes, I was like, y'all are doing things. Y'all are doing things. And it makes me think that there's going, to, there's a lot of room for us to have to see more, right? Like there's there's ways that we can have this come up again if they wanted to. Like they can make a part two. They can talk about maybe a different lineage or. Or follow her to New York if she decides to go to New York, right? Like there's, especially if now we have this understanding that this consciousness exists and there's multiple iterations of Candyman. Absolutely. 
I know. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Cause I was, I was nervous. Cause I'm like, Cabrini green doesn't exist. What are we doing? How are we doing this? Is it going to be in like a gentrified apartment? And I was like, right. Oh wait, it is, but it was okay. It was- but I wasn't mad at it. Right. Because it's the ghost that haunts those gentrified areas. Right. You know, like you, the reality is their blood is in that cement. It is in that soil. So you can build whatever luxury apartment you want, but trust that their spirit is still there. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering what happened with the guy that he met that worked at the, or that ran the laundromat, like how he ended up being like a fu- a follower of it or somebody, I don't know how that, how did that land for you? Like, I'm like, is this one of these of like, yes, we're following him. We want him to come back. Like one of the other iterations, I think the third one had like some followers. Right. Right. I mean, I think it depends on how you look at the story, right? I mean, through the lens of, um, this is a way to stand up and have your voice heard, right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody has to do this work and <clears throat> the power of fear, right? Using fear as a tool for change. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it. I. It's not that I found it unfortunate. I think I, I love that, that actor. So I was like, I wish what happened to somebody else. Yeah. But I wasn't mad at it. It didn't, it didn't, I wasn't upset about it for sure. I appreciate it because you do, I feel like you do want these stories to live on and you do want, you want the horror to be told. Mm-hmm. You want the, the, not the depravity, the, the reality of the story shared, the truth share mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sometimes in order for that to happen bad things have to occur and i appreciate how more and more we're seeing horror or we're seeing movies in general i think that that show that it's not a good versus evil right like there's there's these both sides that can exist and Candyman was a scary thing that I don't even fuck around in front of the mirror and try. That weekend, and there were fucking mirrors everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? Why? I don't need, I, I don't want to look in this mirror. I right. don't want to look at that one. Like, I was very, very cautious as I walked around that suite that weekend. Mm-hmm. But it isn't always about good and evil. And some that's what that's what I mean. Like sometimes in order for the story to be told accurately and true, like sometimes it it feels bad, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make the situation bad. It means that it's not coming out maybe in the most ideal fashion, but the way it happened was even worse. So here we are, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not a simple, none of these things are simple stories and none of these situations are simple because life is far more complex. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think it shows is the complexity of it all and the characters that are a part of that, right? What role do you play in keeping the story going? 
And how the story can shift just a little, because even within the movie, how there was different iterations of like, no, Helen burned alive or no, she saved, right? Like different, like telephone. Absolutely. Uh, But I did appreciate that the mother from the previous was still in it and she still had her slice mark from from she, yep. when she got chopped. Yep. So like they they did those things that I was like, okay, you're you're in alignment. Williams is so phenomenal. Look. And I I think I get so mad. That's a whole other conversation, but every time she's in something and you look on Google, they'll have her photo and then they'll have Vanessa Williams like light skin Vanessa the same. Oh my Vanessa god, it Williams. makes me so angry. And I'm like, Vanessa Williams is in this? Like, you know, the singer is in this oh, yeah. too? Like, like, is it? No. 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 She's so underrated and absolutely. Yet she's so fucking awesome. I love her. Yeah. Love she's dope. So in terms of her son and that relationship dynamic, what, what did you think about it? I mean, talk Ooh. about... <laughs> right. <laughs> talk about the choices that parents make to not always give the family history. I mean, isn't that the, how many black families mm-hmm. maintain secrets because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Some form of a functional life. We don't have to talk about the trauma. I got to protect you from it. And to the point that you think you're from the South side and that shaped your identity. And what does that mean now that you're like, I wasn't even from there. Right. I was like, oh, that's so real and so unhealthy. Right. Like who you are is who you are. You can't paint a different package to make it you, you. Progress and growth happens when the lights are on, not mm. when you're living in darkness. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you there's skipped. so much shame. There's so much shame. I got it. And. So, yeah, I was like, oh, girl. Oh, girl, this is truly coming to bite you in your ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Hey. You tried to protect, and what happened? Like, right. it's still, what, what came still, you couldn't protect from that. You couldn't no. protect him from the or connection. Have, had you told it years ago, mm. rather than, right? Like, that's what I mean. It, not having the conversation doesn't stop the outcome, right? right. The conversation is what changes the outcome. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know what happened. I, I was thinking about that too. Like when he was a baby and the first, first one, we don't know what happened. So we don't know how there was a connection or what right. happened when he got stung by the bee. Like if right. there was something involved, it reminded right. me of Sleeping Beauty, right? Like we don't know what, what Candyman right. did initially. Like he might have propped him up for this moment. He had that baby for a hot minute. I right. don't know what he said to him. I don't right. know what the incantation. I, right. We have none of that information. So then, now, what about his relationship, Anthony's relationship to his lover? 
Brianna. I have a tough time. <laughs> like she, she didn't, she wasn't believing in any of this. I, ma'am. Now that is my only part that I'm like, you don't fuck around with black people <laughs> in this kind of way. Like when he said it from the door, I have a tough time. She was she Creole. What was her ethnic heritage? I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. I gotta I remember look. at one point she was speaking French. She was speaking French on the phone. She but was. But you're I'm right. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm like, mm, I have a tough time believing that, and this was not in your worldview, and you mm-hmm. had no reservations, or you didn't. You weren't like, no, we're not bringing this shit into my house. <laughs> That's what was wild to me because at the same time, at towards the end, when she was the she opened that basement door, she was like, nah, right? Like, so she knew enough to not do that. There was a little, there was a genuine confusion with that. There was confusion. And there was I, a bit of a confusion. Something that popped up for me also was the dynamic, just them as a couple, and the fact that he was seen as this struggling artist, but she too was an art and wasn't seen in that same way. So like how her brother was very like, you're taking care of this dude. Well, yeah, because it seemed like she was one, the curator, right? Mm-hmm. And she came from a more distinguished art family. The class piece. Yeah. yeah. So I felt like this, this was a class economic disparity happening. Mm-hmm. Right? Like she had been set up in, in this world already. Versus this emerging artist, mm-hmm. which, you know, that again plays out very, very honestly in real life. So, mm-hmm. um, in all the ways, in all racial dynamics, right? So, that I, I felt was more realistic than her not having said, no, this is not right. Me. Right, right. In the horror sense, what the fuck was that? And then in the relational sense, I thought that was interesting because, and then on the flip side, that social capital piece, because nobody was really giving a shit about his art until that happened at the gallery. Then it went from you helping him to now everybody wants you as the curator because of his art. And the facilitator to Mm -hmm. get him. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. It was a lot. It was a lot of layers. I was watching and paying attention to like, oh, this piece, uh-huh. the, the layers of the siblings, the siblinghood. The sibling relationship was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Within so, a oh, horror. Within a horror. Wait, I'm t- I felt, oh God, it was so good. I felt like it was the closest thing comparable to get out, right? Mm-hmm. Where it a drama mm-hmm. that had her underpinnings. Mm-hmm. It's. I feel like that. That's showing up more and more now to to put the social emotional pieces and the nuance in that, and it's not just flat out Friday the Thirteenth. Right. There was this movie that I watched on Shutter. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find the name of it real quick. But it was really a romance <laughs> that happened to have her underpinnings underneath it mm. and it was, like it was a slow it was a slow movie 
and yeah. <laughs> like, the dialogue was great. Um, it was a movie about heartbreak. Like it was just, it was really very good. Hey y'all, I wanted to poke my head in and give a really quick shout out to Aaron Brown and Marty Green Eyes for being my first members on my Buy Me a Coffee page. If you want to join them and become a member yourself or simply want to send me a love offering, check out www.buymeacoffee.com slash shimmies, S-H-I-M-M-I-E-S. Take a look at the tiers, see what works best for you. And regardless, you as a listener, you checking out Buy Me a Coffee, you sharing it. I thank you. I thank you for supporting. Thank you for this energetic exchange and may the money you spend return to you times 10. Was it after midnight? Yes. The name of the movie is called After Midnight. Mm -hmm. So it was a horror, but it was a romance. It's a horror movie, Mm -hmm. but about this guy who lives out. I mean, it's, it's not a black horror film, but um, it's a horror movie about this guy who lives out in the woods, like, in a rural area, mm-hmm. he clearly got abandoned by his girlfriend um, after a number of years. But mm-hmm. you're questioning, like, are you battling yourself? Like, is this the monster that lives within? Did your girlfriend ever really exist? Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're going through all of these hypothetical situations. Nobody believes him because nobody else has seen the monster. It's not going to anybody else's house. Right. Um, but it's it's really a drama that also happens to have this horror element to it. Mm. And I'm finding I'm finding a, a bit of an uptick in that kind of film. Mm-hmm. And I think they when they are able to be done in such masterful ways, I think one, it can bring in a whole new fan set of horror fans. Yeah. Um, but it also shows the sophistication of horror films. Mm. It's not just about a slasher or it's not just an exorcism. And when I say just, be clear, I love a good exorcism. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a good slasher and I am happy as hell. But Mm -hmm. to show the a little bit more um, maturity and how the story can be told, Mm. I think it's it's nice to see that emerging in this field of horror. It it gives you more to play with because I've always told you if you ever feel like doing a class on like horror films and sexuality, like I'll even get hire you. Like we can make this happen. We could. I mean, that is that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Sure. I thought about it. I actually when I was driving here today, I was like, what is something that you because I had passed um Mount Airy Learning Tree Mm. and they are doing classes again and I had the thought like oh I do want to do that film series where we get to talk about and dissect and like tease out what does this mean for us as citizens yeah so I'll put it back on the think tank (laughs) think about it think about it so you so in this thing I'm gonna put it out there off the top, if you could think of some movies that you would like to talk about, either because they're your favorite horror or because they they sexuality messages just pop out on you, right? Or both. 
What were what would be some that you would recommend or you would want to talk about in a class like that? So these are definitely not my favorite. Mm. Um, um, but they are horror movies that pop out with sex. <laughs> I think. Um, well, I definitely think of like um, original Friday the Thirteenth, mm. right? Like, I think you have to do that era of horror, and you have to at least pick one mm-hmm. or two. Whether it's like um, Slumber Party Massacre, Friday the Thirteenth, like you have to do something in that period of time. Rocky Horror Picture. Um, obviously always mm-hmm. fun, but lots connected to it. Um, contracted mm. is a great yeah. one, right? Like you can't, <laughs> that's just such a fascinating film in all the ways. Um, obviously it follows mm, you know, yes. another big one for sex and horror. Um, what else? That's good then. Then what's your favorite? And then we'll we'll close with some of your favorites so people know what your taste is. If anybody wants to give love offerings, right? right? Like give me movie suggestions because <laughs> you know, Sunday horror is tradition. That's tradition. Um, so my favorites, I can always go back to the classics, mm. right? Your fellow Lugosi, Christopher Lee offerings are always great. Um, your universal monsters, really. Mm-hmm. But I'm a vampire person, right? Mm-hmm. Like I love vampires more than I love werewolves, um, and more than I love mummies. Um, the conjuring is always gets me in my heart, yeah, and my feels. Um Dracula, always a good one. But I mean, it depends on my mood, right? Because if I'm feeling Carefree and summary, I can watch Lost Boys on a loop, mm. right? Or I can watch um, the Dracula with Keanu Reeves, right? Oh, like, yes. Uh-huh. You know, always ooh, so good. Um, if uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, it was just one that I watched. So I was like, oh, this is, The Changeling is a great, mm-hmm. you know, ghost story. Um, Halloween is one that I can watch all day long, but the original, not Rob Zombie. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. There's a new one coming out. I'm going to watch it. Yes. I'm never going to walk away from it. (laughs) And then obviously, oh, that's another one for sexuality and horror would be Hellraiser. Mm. I mean, as a young child, that was the, one of my favorite sex scenes. Like, I'll watch it for that. I don't know why. That's something we could unpack later. We but can I remember. unpack at a different time. But I feel you, and I feel the same way. Uh, <laughs> this feels tawdry and sort of, and it, that man has pins in it. I, I'm feeling all the things. Put it on again. Put that shit on again. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. So, yeah, that would probably be my art. It's paranormal, um, paranormal and vampires are probably like my go to. Mm. Um, I can do zombies, but I have to be one in the mood for zombies. Like, obviously, huge Walking Dead fan, mm. um, Train to Busan, right? Oh. Like, 
28 days later. Like I love all of them, mm-hmm. but I it will also readily admit that <laughs> they, they get my mind into, oh shit, I'm not going to survive if this happens. Right. Like, I'm just, I'm not. I just got a water bob and a passport. Bob and some soup. That's all I got. <laughs> These are my options. What are we going to do? So I got to be in the right frame of mind for it. Um, but yeah, paranormal and vampires. I will, I will always watch. So that's good. So now we know if you got some good across international she loves international films yeah. if you got some recommendations some french some japanese horror oh, yes holler all the french <laughs> and then all right so then for the folks that are listening how how are ways that folks can either work or connect with you or what magic is are you offering to the world that you're not you know email keeping me. for yourself? Okay, email me, Dr. Erica MFT at Gmail. Okay, I am terrible with reaching out. We all know I suck with social media. At some point, I'm going to hire somebody who can do social media stuff for me. I don't like it. Even when I try it, I'm like, oh, this didn't feel right. And all of my clients are like, can you please do better on your social media? I'm like, why are you even on my social media? You are already my client. (laughs) I just need you out here in the world. I just need you more. That's fair. I understand that. And I also understand that you can be successful and live your best life and not have to do all these particular things that people say you got to do. Right. Well, and I also respectfully remind them, you know that if I catch on, my rates go up. So (laughs) I think you need to leave me the hell alone. So oh, there's that. That's too. fair. That's fair. That's fair. Look, you need to be paid what you the value, right? We need to right. Price goes up. That's okay. That's good to know. So then if we get you a social media manager, price goes up. So you need to pay them equitably. I hear that. Oh, it is. That's all it is. Staff and pay me. It's just not gonna work. No, we have to be realistic and sustainable. Sustainable. It is about sustainability. So I'm going to put your website yes. and your email. Yeah. And I am so grateful for you. Thank you for spending this time with me. I have so much to say that I'm like, we'll wait because I feel like you'll be on again. There's so many yeah. things we can talk about. Malignant comes out today. You know, I love, you know, I love a tangent. I'm, I'm like, we. We'll get back to these. We might even have one. Let's see. Let me know what, what you think about Malignant. I oh, might I watch that today. Because I'm going to watch that tomorrow night. So, yes. Because I'm Perfect. waiting. Evan is excited to watch that. Mm. So, we're going to have a date night tomorrow night. I want to see. I want to see how he feels about it. What's his take? this. My man loves some James Wan. Really? Come on. Preference? Hideous is his jam. Yeah. He loves that movie. Um, I feel like I raised you right. Like, I feel like my job is done. You did it. You did it. Feel proud. He can rock his kitty lightsaber t-shirt and watch Insidious. We're good. And make and make snacks because he'll make and them. Make, make delicious snacks. Come on. He's ready. I'm like, ready you Come on. <laughs> Let's start now. Let's do it. Hey, 
Thank you so much for listening. Head on over to www.cindyleealves.com for podcast notes or any updates where you'll find me and have the day that you need. Shimmies. Thank you.